Hello and welcome to the Mind Springs podcast with me, Alastair Appleton. I hope you enjoy what you hear, and if you'd like to find out more about us, then visit mind-springs.org. And so this experience, which I'm still kind of, you know, exploring, made me also think about what does that mean in terms of my therapy work, so I work as a therapist. And clearly, I'm, you know, ethically, I'm not allowed to talk about my, you know, I would never impose Tibetan Buddhism on any of my clients, many of them are not at all interested in that. <clears throat> but it brings up a really interesting question about what, what does it mean to be well? In, in Tibetan Buddhism, they have this kind of benchmark of being a Buddha, you know. <laughs> this is their idea of health, it's to be omniscient, full of bliss, full of wisdom, caring for the whole universe and the multi-universes you know, for, from the beginning of time to the end of time. So this is quite a high benchmark. <clears throat> Most people who come into my office, they're like, oh, you know, I'm really depressed, I need to feel a bit better, or I, you know, I'm anxious and I need to stop feeling anxious. And Freud, of course, famously said that the, the point of psychotherapy was to move people from hysterical misery to ordinary unhappiness. <laughs> so it's quite a low bar <laughs> compared, to, compared to the Buddhist, Buddhist one. <clears throat> but I, I, I've been thinking about what, does it, what is that move from, you know, obviously you know, I'm not expecting my clients to end up as Buddhas, although on, on one level I am. <clears throat> what does that move from like purification of like emptying out, how does that translate into kind of the therapy room? What does that actually mean? to let go, essentially, of all the stories, all the kind of beliefs we have about ourselves. You know, I'm not a medical doctor, so I can't tackle people's physical pain, but I know from the many years that I've been working that so many people's mental pain comes from these stories that they tell about themselves, about how crap they are, or maybe how brilliant they are. If a narcissist, it's all about how brilliant and wonderful I am. <clears throat> and again, it's that, that uh, it's a lovely phrase that Lama Yeshe uses, which is like, it's superstition. We have all these superstitions about ourselves. Oh, you know, I can't do that because I'm not that sort of person. Oh, no, I can never, you know, I can never dance naked in the moonlight. No, that's not me. Or, you know, oh, no, I don't love those sort of people. Or I don't like that sort of thing. And he says, this is all just nonsense. It's all just superstition that we've concocted about ourselves. And this sort of endless self-pitying kind of narrative. And even if we're really you know, grandiose, it's still a kind of, in some ways, a self-pitying narrative because it's all about, no, oh, I'm not, nobody appreciates me because I'm so great and everyone thinks I'm awful. And he says, again, this is the kind of the dry grass that you, you need to just burn up. There's a lovely, um, I don't know if anyone watched Game of Thrones here. Mm. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> so I'm expecting you to say yes. <clears throat> so Game of Thrones is a big fantasy uh, s series, and there's a, there's a whole thing about the, these, the, the dead. The dead come back, and they start to take over the world as the living. And there's this very me memorable scene where it's just like every, there's a few people fighting off, like it seems like in, innumerable hordes and hordes of dead zombies just coming in wave after wave after wave. And they're led by the, 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 the night king, who's like the king of the zombies. And there's this very dramatic scene where he goes and he's about to kind of kill the kind of king, whatever it was. 
And it just seems like, well, they're never going to be able to turn this around. This is impossible. And it's at the one point, this very plucky girl, Arya Stark, kind of jumps up with her. She's got dragon glass, which is this magic thing, the only thing that will kill a zombie. And she kills the, uh, the, the night king. And he goes, and like just shatters into like glass. And everyone, all the other zombies do the same thing. It's like, so the situation where it feels like there's no way that you could possibly win because there's just a million, million, million things coming. Away. With one kind of strike, they're all just like into dust. And it's this that I think that Lamieshi is, is pointing to, not to Game of Thrones, but this idea that actually if you cut through the this, this self-cherishing storyline, positive or negative, then the whole thing falls apart. And in Tibetan Buddhism or in, in Tantric Buddhism, the, the dragon glass, the secret weapon, is emptiness. It's the, the theory of the, the, the experience of emptiness. That there is no solid self, there is no solid anything. The world is this incredible, changing, beautiful Vajra world of infinitely um, manifesting energy. But through our lazy perception, our heavily um, conditioned perception, we kind of put faces on everyone like, oh, that thing, that thing, that thing. It's like we're papering over the magic. And the, and the purification, he says, and I think this is true in Buddhist practice and in therapy, is about dissolving all those posters and propaganda pictures and things that we paste over reality by recognizing their essential emptiness, that they are fundamentally just thoughts. They're just imaginary thoughts that we have about reality. And if we can get into the habit of seeing through them, even as they arrive, then the play of reality behind them starts to really impinge on our life and we can't ignore it anymore. And so there's this great inrush of like ease. And, you know, the, the Buddhist, you know, everyone says, oh, Buddhist, they're always talking about suffering. But actually, if you scan through, even through the Pali Canon, which is the one I was talking about at the beginning, there's many more, many more references to bliss and like um, ecstasy and uh, happiness and um, what's the other one? Rapture than there are to suffering. And when you get to the tantric, oh my God, they like it's like a circus parade of like joy and bliss and sunshine and Buddhas and rainbows, and it's like it's the, you think, oh, I must be missing a trick. <laughs> what they're describing is this incredible kind of uh, reality, and and it's only our habit, our karmic habit of papering over the reality that we've learned through you know, millions of years probably and certainly many generations of human life that we, that we kind of obscure both the beauty of the world outside us but also the beauty inside us as well. That you know, the, the self-limiting superstitions that I'm, I'm a piece of shit or I'm really bad or I'm a bad Buddhist or I'm like this or I'm that. These are just obscuring the Vajra pride, what they call the Vajra pride, the divine pride, that you are actually a Buddha. And the sooner you can recognize that, the sooner you can help people. 
that it's not about you sitting around telling all these stories about, oh, poor me, or great me, or poor them, or poor this, but it's actually about dropping all of that, purifying all of that, coming into the, coming into the, the core of this kind of enlightened being and actually helping, helping the world that you see so clearly. Thank you for listening and please do join us again for more podcasts from MindSprings. You can find out more about us and our work at mind-springs.org. That's mind-springs.org.